0: Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Uh, Joining me on the phone from the band Iced Earth, but also Demons and Wizards. It is uh, the one, the only, John Schaefer. We talk about the new Demons and Wizards 3 album, and if you haven't had a chance to check it out, do so. Slice of Metal Heaven, I have to say. Just, Just perfectly put together you know him and hanzi from from blind guardian just they they've got something and you know maybe maybe this should even become their number one concern but of course uh, both iced earth and blind guardian do uh, do very well by themselves uh, before we get to the interview let me remind you that i have started doing a weekly spot on the fox 1037 uh northern iowa covers northern iowa and uh, southern Minnesota, and uh, they they do upload all the clips on their SoundCloud, so head over to 1037, uh, the actual numbers, thefoxrocks.com, 1037, thefoxrocks.com, and uh, you can check out those uh, SoundCloud clips of me on uh, Northern Iowa Classic Rock Radio, and it is very different content than what we get here, so it's just more Mitch, which I'm sure my wife is thrilled about. Because why wouldn't she be? Anyway, uh, do check that out. This summer, of course, plenty of tours coming out. There is a rumor that uh, Jack Russell, Rat, Skidrow, and Tom Kiefer will go out. But of course, uh, depending on who you ask, uh, some uh, some folks suggest that it might be Rat, Great, White, Skid Row, and Slaughter. So the, there is this other sort of non-stadium tour it's the bowling alley tour oh i'm kidding i'm kidding it's not it no the, it'll play sheds it'll be a great great uh event but uh, supposed to be four bands we're not sure if it's tom Kiefer or slaughter but that's the rumor there is one date with tom keefer announced for um i'm trying to think it, it's uh the 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 pig roast or something like that. You can check it out. That It's the Keishi pig roast. Anyway, check that out. Um, and what else? Oh yes, I have started uploading some exclusive interviews to the YouTube channel and they're exclusive because it's video content and I just don't want to sort of start, you know, re-editing video and start doubling up stuff. So uh, if you find my YouTube channel, uh, the username originally was Angel of I did try to change it to Mitch LaFon. I'm not sure if that was successful. But all you have to do is Google Mitch Lafon, Doc McGee, Mitch Lafon, Sons of Apollo. Uh, you know, click on video when you get to YouTube or on Google. You will find it. I am there. So there, again, more Mitch because, uh, you know, we're, we're right around Valentine's Day. And, and what could be, in fact, Valentine's Day just just went by. But what could be more exciting for my wife than just more Mitch, wall to wall Mitch? <laughs> oh, is it Valentine's Day or Nightmare on Elm Street? I'm not. I'm not overly sure. Anyway, uh, Demons and Wizards three, the new album worth checking out. And oh, you know what? I'm gonna tease you. There is an artist from the '70s, famous artist, big world tours, the whole thing. And this artist has a new album coming out uh, this spring. Sometime before June, which of course at that point were summer, but they have this album coming out and I've had a chance to to hear it. And unfortunately, I can't talk about it because the, the, there was a very strict embargo on any information. Can't mention the album's title, can't mention who played on it, can't mention who's singing on it, can't mention there's a, a tight, tight, tight embargo. But anyway, uh, I can do this. Uh, I can talk about it in this sort of very non-committal, teasy kind of way, but I heard the album, and I thought, man, okay, well, we'll give this a listen since I was sent the link, and I sat through it, f- one song, two songs, three songs, and I got all the way to the end one sitting, and that's rare for me on these new albums because I, you know, I just don't have time, and the the one thing I hate more than anything is listening to these record company streams and it's not because I'm not grateful, but it's because they buffer a lot and between songs. So you'll be like, there'll be a rock song and there'll be a cue and you're, they're going to hit a drum and then the next song's going to be a, a guitar and it's going to sound great on album. But on the stream, as it switches from song one to song two, there's just this buffer zone and it, it, it just kills the vibe and it's a pain. But that's not to say I'm not appreciative of getting this stuff early. It's just it's not a great listening experience, as if you were listening to a compact disc, for example, or or even your uh, Spotify or Apple or uh, wait. Anyway, that's the point. Being is that I sat through the buffers and the, the and this album was magical. This this album is completely completely magical. And I, and I, I can't wait to start talking about it because I'm going to promote the hell out of this. And I will say it's not—it's one of these bands that I that I like and I respect and I've seen in concert. But it's not one of these bands that, growing up, that I was buying everything. You know, it's not Kiss, for example. You know, Kiss—I ran out and bought everything. Aerosmith—I ran out and bought everything. This is not a band where I ran out and bought everything, or, or an artist, I should say, that where I ran out and bought everything. But this is magical. Uh, I am definitely going to scour the internet for. Japanese bonus tracks, European deluxe editions, because when this comes out, it is going to be career-defining. It is really that good. It is a classic, 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 classic album. And yes, I could say another four or five classics, because that's how classic it is. Anyway, um, there is that. And uh, there is also a European band that has an album coming out shortly, that I happen to love, and I happen to run out and buy everything, and no smart asses. It is not Thunder, though. They I think I, they also have an album coming out soon, but there is another band from Europe that I run out and I buy everything, and I was sent an advance of that album, and I was expecting to be disappointed because their last two, three, four albums have been this sort of, you know, soft rock, boring ballad fests and I was like okay here we go so much so that I was thinking you know what it it might be time to make a change in the band you know change the singer change to something just give it some new life and then I heard this album and I went okay I'm back you got me you made a couple of clunkers but now on this one all right we're back I can now go back to being a proud, proud fan. And yes, of course, uh, being Mitch, as I am, I have started to compile and construct a massive playlist for my iPhone. Uh, I only started last night. I'm at 30 songs with these new ones in there. I will at some point uh, check back with me by like March and I'll be at like, you know, 250 songs or some kind of ridiculousness, which I I love to do. Uh, I do love the ridiculous. What can I tell you? Um, But speaking of uh, ridiculous, uh, let me give you somebody who is not ridiculous, who's actually very uh, cool, cordial, and straightforward. It is from Demons and Wizards. The new album is three. It is the one, the only, John Schaefer. We're speaking with uh, John Schaefer of, of course, uh, Demons and Wizards, and yes, of course, Iced Earth, uh,
1: as we say in Montreal. Bonjour, John. How are you? I'm doing great, man. staying uh, busy, but... <clears throat> lots of exciting stuff going on so i'm good
0: yeah so let's talk about the the exciting stuff uh, first and foremost of course uh, the new album coming out at the end of february called three uh 15 years in the making which a lot of reporters and a lot of interviewers are making a big deal about but let me ask you this you know, when you're writing for Iced Earth and you're writing for your own project, you, you get into your groove, you've got your rhythm, you've got the way you do things. When you approach Demon and, uh, Demons and Wizards and you're writing three and you're there with Hansi, is it the same creative approach? Do you, do you approach the record and the songwriting in the same way or is it a new challenge and you go, okay, I got to do something different
1: here? No, it's the same. I mean, it, and it's Hansi and I rarely ever write together because we live, you know, in, in different continents. So it's like, basically my, my job in in this partnership is to to create the music, you know, the, the, uh, all of the instrumental passages and, and that's what I do. And then, you know, I send it to him and he starts constructing vocal melodies and, you know, 99% of the time, there really is almost no discussion because he he f- feels the music and he reacts to what I've what I've provided for him. But um, you know, we we were never. Uh, there's been a, a couple cases where we've come up with stuff on the spot. I mean, the initial spark that started Demons and Wizards was many years after we were very good friends. We discovered by accident that we could write songs together, but <clears throat> the uh, there isn't really. A, I, I always approach songwriting. The same way it's got to be a natural flow of energy and what it is that i'm that i'm channeling at that time whatever whatever album cycle whatever project it is the, the biggest difference is when it comes to the vocal parts um you know that's that's really what creates the magic of demons and wizards and the difference is my music Kanzi's vocal melodies and then you know he does the majority of the lyric writing but i do i, I did three songs on this new record and i always help him a little bit whenever um, but that's like the very final thing. So the, it's, it's all about constructing, constructing the music in this. Now in ice to earth, I write a lot more of the, the majority of the lyrics and the majority of the vocal melodies. And that's stylistically going to be something different. But one of the big things that makes this album so diverse is there's actually four tunings on it. So <clears throat> that already is, uh, it's a fairly big deal in terms of dynamics. We've got a the song in standard E flat, one and C sharp, and then we've got two songs that are baritone um, based, and that's you know that's basically like B to B tuning. So it's that that one is one of the things that makes it so dynamic across the you know just across the board. But we haven't been working on this for 15 years. We've been you know we've been wanting to get back together and do another record since like 2010. But the the fact is, Ice Earth and Blind Guardian are a very demanding bands for time. We have uh, we stay busy. Uh, whether it's in the studio or on the road, there's still a shitload of work that goes on logistically and administratively that both Foncie and I do for our bands. And that's a, uh, that's a, you know, a big time consuming issue, but the biggest issue for us over to get together was just the fact that whenever there would be a little hole in one of our schedules, the other one was out in the middle of the world tour or something like that. And that's, that makes it difficult to actually say, okay, we're going to carve out like a year or a year and a few months in our schedule to make a demons and wizards record happen, because you really need to do that. If you're going to do shows and on this album cycle, we did it different because we got offered to headline Bakken. So we ended up, uh, normally we would focus on the music first and then do some shows after, but this time around, we knew we weren't going to be able to get the new album ready by the time Bakken happened, but we, you know, we were very well along in the process, and then you know, so we did the touring first to to get ramped up for Vakken, and, and then we, you know, we the album's coming out, and and we're not going to be doing any shows anytime soon because we both have to get back to Istorik and Blind Guardian duty.
0: Well, okay, so you mentioned Vakken, which of course is is the grandfather of all heavy metal festivals. It is the one. Um, Let me ask you this in terms of Demon and Wizard. Does the the, the progression of the band really depend on what Ice Earth and Blind Guardian is doing? Or does commercial success play into it? Let's say the Wackens and the Hellfest and those start calling and the album starts selling oodles of hundreds of thousands. Do you look at each other and say, wow, we've really got something that's a great moneymaker. Let's make another one next year. Or would that sort of bastardize the whole concept?
1: Uh, it would bastardize the concept and ice earth and blind guardians sell hundreds of thousands. So it's not, that's not an issue. It's a, it's really about, um, I mean, we've, and we did just last year, we did Rockin' and Hellfest and Sweden rock, and we did all the big ones. So, I mean, there, there's no reason to try to push for that this summer. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, so we're not, we're really not in a position to where we have to do that. Uh, we, we will probably do some shows like in 2022 or something. That's the idea, but anything, anything goes between now and then. So we, we are not going to be motivated by that if, you know, because we're very successful doing what we do. So if that, it's really this, this whole project is, it stems from brotherhood. And then about seven or eight years after we became you know, like best friends, which is nearly 30 years ago, it's 29 years ago that, that Hansi and I met. And, you know, then we discovered that we could write songs together too, which was kind of an accident, happy accident. And we realized we had this cool chemistry and then we, just, we decided to start a band and we did a record and people flipped out on it. So it's great. But um, <clears throat> neither one of us are going to be willing to turn our backs on our main band for money. If that's the question, that's because our, well. our main bands are successful.
0: Well, yeah, of so. course, they have. I mean, I've seen Ice Earth and Blind Gardens many a times, uh, whether it's in Montreal or Heavy Montreal. And, and, but let me ask you this. You, you said that you met and you had this instant chemistry. I mean, you and I met and we're not writing songs. So what was it about Hansi where it, it just became a creative spark? I mean, you guys are on the road. You see guys, somebody backstage. How does it develop into, hey, you know what? We should go do Demons and Wizards, the first album. Well... Yeah, well, it happened.
1: It actually happened. Like I said, we toured together. We were support for Blind Guardian back in uh, very early 1991. So like January or February, something like that. And I had met Hansi on a promo tour in December of 1990. And we knew at that point that we were going to be touring together. So we met at this bar and had a couple beers and talked and we hit it off really well. But once the tour started, <clears throat> then it was literally the first show the both bands went out and slayed and kicked total ass and and then we we just stayed up and partied and talked all night and Hanzi and I you know as we had a, a major bus breakdown and that was a bunch that was a gigantic pain in the ass it was freezing cold out you know and everybody but everybody soldiered through you know we were all living on the same bus and we just went through a lot on that tour, but we all stayed together. We were out to conquer and there was no you know, it's it's easy to make something to for something to turn negative if you have a couple bad apples. But nobody was like nobody was like that. Everybody was like, Okay, this sucks, but we're gonna make the best of it. We still had a blast and party and we you know, and Hanzi and I were always the last two up, always without fail, up drinking, talking until the sun came up and that just <clears throat> basically you know, it went on for years to the point where after that tour, he, him and his family and Marcus and a couple of guys from the crew came over and stayed at my place in Florida for a few weeks. And then we toured again together in Europe and then then they came back over and visited and I would always visit those guys. I mean, the last time they were on tour in North America, I, I jumped on the bus and, and stayed with them for, I don't know, four or five days just so we could hang out. So we've been friends for a long time. I happened to be staying at Hansi's house in about 1997. I had a, a promotional tour in Europe and had a couple of days off, so I went to Hansi's, and we, we just partied, you know, and we went out and drank a bunch of shitload of beer and woke up very hungover, and there was a guitar in his living room, and I just was sitting on the couch, and I started playing, even though I was feeling like shit, and he starts humming this melody, and we look at each other, and we're like, wow, this sounds pretty fucking creepy and dark so we decided let's go to the blind guardian studio and we did and we wrote and recorded my last sunrise and we did it you know all in like four or five hours so we it was actually even though we felt like shit it ended up being a very productive day and we at that point we had decided that we were talking about maybe i start doing a version of my last sunrise and blind guardian doing their own version and then at some point we just came to the decision that we would just make a do a project and write a, a lot more songs and so within you know a couple of years that's exactly what we did and we uh you know back then the touring demands of both bands weren't as big you know you've got to realize both bands went global so it's it's a change back in the early early days of ice Surf, it was basically a european tour and then we were done that was our album cycle and then i really pushed the issue by moving the band out of Florida and going up into the Midwest. And we started doing band tours and we've turned the United States into a market. And then we got into Canada That it started going to South America and all over. And it turned over the years of work, it's turned into where the bands, you know, played in Israel and China and Russia and everywhere, man. I mean, you know, it's just all, all of the markets have developed and a similar thing has happened for blind guardian. So the band got, bigger and bigger and more demanding. And that is where our schedule conflict came, came into it. But all of this, the whole, the whole way through has been, this is just a fun project for Hansi and I to get together and spend time together because we're really good friends and create some badass art together. So there is no, we don't have to do it. There is no pressure. We can do whatever we want, whenever we want. And as long as we, stay, you know, true to our artistic integrity and our vision, I think people are always going to enjoy whatever it is we
0: do. I agree. And and by the way, uh, I've seen Iced Earth a ton of times in Montreal and it's never not sold out. I mean, the band has been, has a huge following here. People just love it. But all right, let me ask you this. Uh, Reviewers, including myself and, and even yourself in interviews, have described Three as a classic record. And so... Let me just look at that. What makes this a classic record in terms of longevity, in terms of power, in terms of music, sta- musical statement? What, what is it about this record that just makes it a classic record and, or eventual classic record?
1: It's a feeling. And, you know, I, I am very well aware that the fans are the ones that decide, decide that. And by the way, I love Montreal. It's my favorite city in North America, boys. So yes, we have had always had badass shows there because it's just it's just killer. So let me just put that out there, <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm serious about that. It's always a blast. But um, we, you know, it's it's a uh, it, it's a feeling that I have. Like I, I kind of know almost immediately when I start writing and when things start to come together and shape up. It's like my instincts tell me I'm being. We're both being pretty bold by saying that because we we also are very aware that that the fans are the ones who decide it. But we we also both know our audience, you know, and we, we kind of know what they want because it's what we want. And when, when we feel like we're hitting the mark, I, I think it's going to be that way. I could be wrong, but I just don't think so. I mean, I, I've been doing this a really long time, man. I think I've done 18 studio albums in my career between, you know, my various bands and projects and and a bunch of other you know live and compilations and eps and all that shit so i i kind of i kind of have a feeling and i know that if i'm getting goosebumps really early on even in the instrumental phase then i know we're hitting it i mean i knew it was incorruptible and incorruptible will become a classic and there's been a couple albums in my career where i'm going through the motions because we have tours booked and we're we're wedging you know there's there's just so much happening. And we're like, okay, on this period, we're going to write songs. We're going to do a record. And that's really not the best way to go about it. You need to have your, your, uh, your, everything needs to be opened up and you've got to be able to channel the energy. Right. And if it's just going through the motions because of scheduling and, and usually that's, you know, commission driven management and agents keeping bands on the hamster wheel like that, that that's where you can get into where you end up having some, some albums that just don't jive as well as others. And the cool thing about where we are in our career, I mean, we don't need to rush any record anymore. There is no, we just need to do really great stuff. There is no, um, the hamster wheel's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to do both bands. We've reached that point where we're just going to do what it is that we want to do. Pretty much whenever we want to do it and it's going to it's going to work out but when it comes to songwriting you really have to you have to be able to you have to be clear of mind enough i think and in, it, and sometimes man if if there was a a way to know that you're going to make a classic record every time we would all be doing it all the time so sometimes it's literally not in your control it's just the stars all lining up and you can feel it and then it but again Ultimately, it's up to the fans. I just feel very strongly that this is going to be one of those albums. Could be wrong, but I don't think so.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? Whether it's boastful or whether it's just confidence, I do think as a creative person, you know. You know when you go write a poem or you go paint something, you just go, ugh, my back was hurting. It was a blah, blah, blah. It was a bad day. That's, that's not the best I can do. But there are times when you're in the zone, like a baseball player, like a football player. You just go, we're well, in the fucking zone. And and it sounds to me from oh. the, from what I've heard that you're in the zone on this one because it wasn't rushed, it wasn't hamster wheeled, it wasn't you know crowbarred. It was like it's going to happen. Took 15 years, but we're here and we we hit it. Be- so no, I, I think. And and by the way, it's refreshing that an artist has the confidence to say, "Yeah, this is a badass fucking record, and you're going to love it." I think it's
1: great. So you yeah, know. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we we just do that at the end of the day we honestly we don't really care because we love it and that's the that's where the security factor is is that we know that if we really love something there's a really good chance that the majority of our fans are going to love something too so that's where the confidence comes from you know i i don't at the end of the day i don't do any of this for anybody else not a fucking single note gets played or a written or an album not not a single thing for any other person it all starts with me completing the artistic vision that I have in my head and I've got to be satisfied with it first, you know? And that's just the, that's just the way it is. I don't really care what anybody else says. That's actually, if they say anything else, they're not being honest or they're doing it for all the wrong
0: reasons. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what the guys from Korn were telling me. They do it for the five guys in the room, and that's it. And I think that's what makes bands successful, because your fan base is dialed into what you're doing. And um, But all right, let let me get over to Incorruptible. Uh, 2017, we are now 2020. It's been three years. Yes, Demon and Wizards are here, but an Ice Earth fan is saying, what's next for me? When do I get the next John Ice Earth album uh are we on that now where are we in that process
1: we are we're uh what i'm doing next i'm actually working on my first book right now and it's a very special book completely unique format actually that i don't believe anybody's ever done before and i hope that it's the uh the beginning of something that a lot of artists will end up doing because as a fan of certain guys i would love to see some of my favorite artists do something like this um there'll be a press announcement about this probably in the next month or so. But then I'm producing weatherfall next record in uh in we start in LA and I'm gonna be going out there like the third week of March. So that's that's going up until the middle of May when we finish that. Then I'm going bound and determined to take another hiking trip before I really start digging into iced earth uh, to the next album. So I will be heading back out to the mountains for a while because that was the most beneficial thing for the new demons of wizards records by far was when I went hiking, uh, in, uh, September and October of 2018, I spent a month by myself out in the desert and in the uh, northern part of the state of Arizona. and It was absolutely fantastic. And it had a massive impact on the writing. So I'm going to do the same thing before I tackle Iced earth. And, uh, and start getting to that, but we will be writing and and recording and stuff. And starting at the middle of the year is going to be when things start start getting serious. So there will be a new iStorez record in twenty twenty one, and I hope by spring. I, I think that's very realistic at this point. Uh, could end up being summer, but I think spring is is very likely. Knowing how that I work and how the guys work when we when, you, when we do our thing, so I feel comfortable with that so you know the fans should have no fear um we there's there's a lot of developments happening i can tell you there's there are many many balls in the air right now and we're in a very unique position we're free agents um we're considering going into the zone we will be doing uh some self-releasing but whether we're going to be releasing the next full you know full length new studio album is we need to test the waters with a couple smaller releases first and see how it works and how things go and how much extra work it becomes for me because you know already I'm 16 17 hours a day consumed by everything and you know my family gets pretty sick of it so it's I don't want to make my life even more complicated than it already is by doing everything ourselves but we're getting to that point where and the music business has changed so much where it, it it's almost not that necessary to have a label. So we're kicking it around, you know, we're, we're open for negotiations now and offers are starting to come in and, but I'm in a very unique position in my career and in the career of ice Earth to be, uh, it's a, it's a great place to be. I can tell you that. And now the next steps are really crucial for what we do. So we're, we're looking at everything and plotting and planning.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, the magic words, uh, licensing deals. That's, that's that's the way to go. Um, let me just quickly, and I know we're going to run out of time, so I'll just ask you, you were mentioning that, that taking the hikes was very beneficial to the songwriting process, and I just want to know, I'm curious, is it because it sort of clears your head, and when you come back, you're you're good to go, and all the junk that's accumulated from daily life is gone? Or is it more inspirational, where you go look, and you see a cactus and a fox, and you go, oh my God, that, that brings is it just clearing the, the the slate or is it filling it up with, with creative ideas?
1: It's clearing the slate. It's getting power from mother nature. It's called, it's being, you know, having solitude and being, because I'm consumed with stuff like that's going on right now between you and I, and plus a million other details concerning whatever band it is that I'm working with at the time. And it's, it's all consuming, you know, you just, you'd have to see it to, there's absolutely nothing normal, um, you know, about, my life and the way I roll and, and the the way things crank out. So I need to do that more often because it was, uh, it was just, you know, there's no phone, no phone. I tell everybody I'm off. Don't even think about contacting me unless somebody dies. And that sounds brutal, but like, that's the only time when, it, when I get to that point where I'm feel like I'm getting ready to go into serious burnout, I need to have some respite, you know, where I can just get away and, and do the things that I need to do to get re-energized and being out with nature and not having, uh, you know, the phone ringing off the hook and a million emails to answer and, you know, coordinating everything and you know, whatever it is, writing, recording, which is actually the funnest part of all this. Um, you know, it's the most fulfilling part that all of that stuff it's it, it's a gigantic workload and so sometimes i i realized in my older age i need to just step the fuck back for a minute yep. and you need to unplug you know, oh i get it
0: oh I, yeah. I, I i listen so I, i'm it's, up it's, in my age too and i know that every so often i got to take the dog on a three-hour walk and just like don't bother me i'm out i'm out but um uh, we're gonna run out of time so i'll just quickly a yes no sort of answer do we see demon and wizard or ice earth touring in 2020 or 2021 no
1: twenty 2020. twenty uh twenty twenty one ice Earth, no demons and wizards that's uh i mean I can't say that definitively obviously if some crazy Metallica says, "Hey, we want to take demons and wizards on tour then everything will probably change if if that kind of opportunity was to happen but you know in in the real world um we you know there's no there's no chance of any demons shows until probably twenty twenty two at the earliest because we just we we're getting ready to start. The, the main bands back. I mean, Hanzi's already in the very early stages of pre-production because during the whole time that he's finishing his vocals for the opera record and or for the uh, classical record and for and working on Demons, Andre's been writing an album, so he's like ready to go. You know what I mean? So Hanzi's got a, he's already you know working on on song you know his vocal melodies and lyrics and stuff. They take a long time, so they're going to be working on this all year. And for me, um, you know, I've got. I've got this uh, the book thing going on right now, and then my project with Witherfall, and then it's Ice Earth World. So there's no, there is no. Uh, we we devoted over a year to Demons and Wizards. I have, and I got to get back to doing my thing. And uh, you know that's that's going to that's on the agenda. So shows with demons will happen. That's you know on with this this uh, this production and and the new stage show and everything. We will do that. But it's not going to be for a couple of years because we just simply can't. You just can't. And
0: uh, on that, uh, John, just always a pleasure uh, chatting with you and Hansi, by the way. And uh, as we say in Montreal, merci. Thank you. Merci beaucoup, as we say.
1: Merci beaucoup. We love Montreal, man. Absolutely.
0: Cheers. Thank you, sir. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter at Mitch LaFon and on Instagram at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.